I was going to recap last three weeks. Um, it just doesn't feel right. So go listen to the podcast. Um, they're, they're well worth it. Um, things you need to hear, need to know uh, about where we're going as a church. And, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about uh, everybody has a next step, whether you've been walking with God for your entire life or you just started this spiritual journey, um, that everybody has a next step to draw closer to God. And, and we as a church do as well. And uh, these last um, three weeks, Bill has very passionately um, laid out a call to arms uh, to reclaim that next step uh, for us as a church. And uh, so rather than recapping it for you, I want you to hear Bill's words uh, himself. So uh, go, go get the podcast off the website, um, pick up a CD out here, um, and, uh, and listen to that. Um, and you'll get a sense of where we're going um, as a church and where we're at. Uh, this morning, we are in our second week of a series called Too Busy Not to Pray. And, and uh, Bill uh, taught us last week on some, some things that prayer does for us, um, the value of prayer. And uh, today, I want to teach you on how to pray. Uh, kind of the mechanics of prayer. And so um, I just threw off the guys upstairs by getting rid of the first, like, five slides. Um, so, uh, so guys, if, you, if you'll jump ahead a little bit, um, we're going to start here on uh, the slide, Luke chapter 11, uh, verse 1. There was a time where Jesus was, te- was, was with his disciples, and, and uh, he's spending time with them. Um, and one of the things that Jesus did often was to pray. And there, there was something unique about the prayer of Jesus when he would when he would go off and pray by himself and we would pray uh, publicly with other people. There was something uh, unique about it, and we don't really uh, can, we can't really grasp it. We can't really understand how unique this was. But it was so unique that his followers, the people that spent more time with him than anybody else, who understood and, and witnessed and observed the religious leaders of the day, saw them pray. Uh, it was Jesus' prayers were so different, so unique that they made a request of him one day. They said. Lord, teach us to pray. Because they realized they didn't know the first thing about prayer. When they saw Jesus kneel down in the passion that he had, uh, they, they, couldn't, they didn't know how to do that. They'd never been taught that. They'd been, they'd been taught words to say, but they'd never been taught how to pour out your heart. How, how to, to really let God invade your soul and your being. And so they, they say to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. In fact, in, in Luke of God, in Gospels, Luke, <laughs> Luke's Gospel, um, Luke draws special attention to the frequency with which Christ prayed. Uh, we see in Luke chapter 3 that, that Jesus prayed when he was baptized. In Luke chapter 5 that Jesus withdrew into the wilderness to pray. In Luke chapter 6 that he went to the mountains to pray all night long. And in Luke chapter 9 that he went off to pray alone. Uh, again in Luke chapter 9 that while he was praying on the mountain, he was transfigured. There was something even Luke understood about the power and significance of Jesus' prayer life. And so when he wrote his gospel, he wanted to draw that out. And so we hear the words echoed throughout centuries, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus goes on, and we jump to Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, we're going to spend the rest of our time there this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, and he says, This then is how you should pray. What was funny is as Nate uh, had the words up there, we all know these words, don't we? But we know them in the King James Version, right? I heard, I'm standing over here as we're praying, and, and I heard some thighs and thines and some trespasses instead of debtors. And, and all of a sudden, it's just, you know, it's, it's old English, man. It's, that's the way we know this. And so let's, let's stand up together, and uh, let's say this in uh, the, the King James Version, because it's what we more commonly know. Our Father, who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thank you. You may be seated. Can I, uh, can I mess with your minds a little bit this morning? Can I, can I challenge some long-held beliefs and understandings of the Lord's Prayer? Can I make you a little uncomfortable this morning for some of you? You see, just like any other book, uh, you got fill in the blanks here in your bulletin. Just like any other book, we have to understand that Scripture is written in context. And when we understand that, that words that we, we commonly know, when they're written in context, we have to understand what comes before them and what comes after them. If we want to fully understand um, a sentence, then we need to understand what comes before it and what comes after it. Let me demonstrate. Um, I, w- I was writing this at home, and I thought, okay, how am I, I going to explain this? And so I went to my bookshelf, and I picked up a couple books. And uh, I, I just want to read one sentence to you. And, and you tell me the context. You tell me what, what this book is all about. First one, everyone in the organization needs to sing from the same hymnal, but you don't have much time to rehearse the choir. What's this about? What's the book? What is the author writing about? Anyone? Anyone brave enough? This is audience participation time. We're going to have a lot of this today, so work with me. Otherwise, it'll be a really long sermon. Business. Okay. What else? What jumps to your mind? What's that? Singing. Okay. Here, let me, let me, let me read the paragraph uh, that this is a part of. A political campaign is a breeding ground of decision angst. If you think your organization has problems, imagine this challenge. You must build a nationwide organization from scratch using primarily unpaid and largely unskilled workers. You've got about a year to pull the team together and line up an endless supply of donuts. Everyone in the organization needs to sing from the same hymnal, but you don't have much time to rehearse the choir. And the media prod you to sing a new song every day. To make matters worse, you must constantly contend with opponents who will seize on every errant word. We hear the words uh, sing, hymnal, choir, and immediately only one young man was brave enough to say it. We all thought church, right? Because I'm a pastor, and what book am I going to have on my shelf at home? It's going to be something about church. Well, let's, let's try another one. I would advise you to prepare a schedule either in advance or first thing upon arrival because you'll be surprised at how quickly the time will pass. What is this about? Traveling? Okay. What else? What's that? A lecture? Okay. Uh, Here's the paragraph. Um, It's actually in a, a section teaching on solitude and silence, spiritual disciplines. It says, if you've never spent an entire evening, half a day, or longer in silence and solitude, you may be wondering what you would do with all that time. I would advise you to prepare a schedule, either in advance or first thing upon arrival, because you'll be surprised at how quickly the time will pass. Don't feel as though you must stick slavishly to your schedule, even if it's not an overnight event. Sleep if you need to. But, I, but a plan can help you use your time for the intended purposes, rather than inadvertently misspending it. See, we've got to understand context. We got, if we want to understand a single sentence, um, we, we can't just uh, t- plop a sentence out and think that we understand fully what it means without seeing what comes before it and what comes after it. And the problem is we do that uh, with Scripture. Oftentimes we take a verse and, and we, we may have heard it somewhere, we may, we may you know, uh, flip to it and read it and go, wow, that's, that's really good. 
But if you under, want to understand the author's original intent, you've got to understand what comes before it and what comes after it. So let's take a look at the context of the Lord's Prayer, words that we all know so well. Um, it's in the midst of what's called the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Uh, Jesus' kind of uh, seminal sermon on kingdom living, what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And so he's got uh, all these hundreds of disciples. They've gathered around him on this mountainside, and, and he's saying, you know, you've heard it said this, but I say this. You've seen it done this way, but I say do it this way. And so he goes into this section on, on acts of righteousness, things that we do uh, to, to, to be right and holy and pure before God. And he talks specifically about giving to the poor. He says, when you give to the poor, don't draw attention to yourself. And don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And when you pray, don't, don't call attention to yourself. And go away quietly and pray. And when you fast, don't call attention to yourself, but dress regularly. Don't talk about it. And just spend time with God alone who knows what you're doing. And so here in the midst of this seminal sermon of Jesus, this acts of righteousness, we see this text about how to live out our faith. How to do our acts of righteousness. And in these, these three areas, giving to the poor, prayer, and fasting, we're not to do for the public. We're to do for ourselves. We're to do for our relationship with God. So if you have your Bibles, let's take a look at what comes before the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. It says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Uh, so what does that tell us? That tells us that we're, we don't pray to impress other people. We, we, don't, we don't pray to draw attention to ourselves, to make ourselves look good, to, to say the right words. And, and, and when we're with other people, whether it be um, in, in a small group setting, in our home, in, in, in church, you know, we don't pray just to, to make ourselves sound good. We don't pray to impress other people. Uh, Jesus says, in contrast, find a quiet place. Go off by yourself. Does that mean that we never pray publicly? No, I, I think we are to pray publicly. I think prayer, when we come together as a, a body of believers, encourages us, um, invites God into our presence. But, but when we're praying um, privately, we're praying for our benefit uh, to, to allow God to shape our hearts, then we need to go off by ourselves someplace. Uh, Jewish homes in that days had a, had a flat roof. And so if you were on the roof, uh, people would see you up there praying. And so they, they had a, what, what was called a prayer closet. And they would go into this prayer closet and, and they would have um, you know, some, something there that would draw their attention to God. And they would spend time every day in that prayer closet. And, and Jesus calls us to do the same thing. Uh, we see him do it in his life. Mark one thirty five says, A very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, uh, left the house where he was staying, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus exemplified this for us. He often sought time by himself with God, not around other people, because he had some business to do with God. It's been said that that George Washington, when they were camped at Valley Forge, would oftentimes in the morning get up before everybody else and and go off to a a stand of trees off in the distance. And one morning a soldier followed him, wanted to know where his general was going. And, And he followed him, he crept up, and he saw General Washington kneeling down praying for God's sovereignty, praying for God's involvement. So where would you have a prayer closet at home uh, in your life? Where would you have a solitary place to pray? Maybe it is a, a specific location. 
I know a woman up in Chicago, she converted her walk-in closet uh, to a prayer closet. It literally became a prayer closet. And she had the scriptures in there, and, and she had um, things that she could write on, and, and, and different things that would just draw her mind to God. Maybe it's a, it's a time of day. Not so much a specific location, but a time of day. Maybe, maybe like Jesus in Mark one thirty five, you, you get up very early in the morning. I know for me, uh, mornings are the best. Uh, for, if I want to really do business with God, I, I need to get up before my family. And I sit down in my recliner. I've got the lamp on. I've got the coffee going. And, and I sit there with the word and I, I pray. And that's, that's my prayer closet. I mean, it's, it's, it's a recliner in my living room. Maybe your prayer closet is something I do as well. I, I journal. Um, not as much as I used to, but I, I want to make sure I get back into it. But, but maybe your, your prayers are your, in your journal. And, and you write them out, and you allow God to shape your heart, and that's your prayer closet. But whatever it is, wherever it is, whenever it is, you go to pray not to impress other people and not to impress God. God doesn't want you coming before him with these big, flowing, Christianese words. God's going, that doesn't impress me, buddy. I've heard those for a few centuries now. I want to talk about your heart. Don't try to impress other people. Don't try to impress God. Matthew chapter 6, we'll move on, verses 7 and 8. It says, and, then, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Uh, this word, um, babbling, it, it means meaningless. It says, don't pray meaningless prayers. Don't pray prayers that, that, that have no significance to them, no substance to them. Uh, don't pray prayers that, that just go on and on and on. Uh, the word there is actually an onomatopoeia. Any, any English majors know, know what an onomatopoeia is? Onomatopoeia is a word that, that, correct me if I'm wrong here, a word that sounds like itself. So buzz, zip, hiss, words like that, that, that when you say them, you hear the sound that they represent. Uh, the same way here, we hear this word babble, and, and we just hear babble, 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 babble. And what God is saying, what Jesus is saying is don't pray prayers that, that, that are just mindless prayers, that just babble. It's like babbling in my ears, God says. And yet, what does the Lord's Prayer become today for a lot of people? Is it possible that for a lot of people it's become a rote Meaningless prayer. Words that you know, but you don't think about when you say them. I mean, we all stood. We all knew the Lord's Prayer by heart. But did we really pray that prayer? Did we really let the words sink into our hearts? See, I think a lot of times when people pray the Lord's Prayer... It's like millions of, of elementary age school children who gather together in schools, and before school starts, we put our hand on our heart, and we say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, liberty and justice for all. Is it possible that many of us come before God, and we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be the name of the kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Done. Amen. Is it possible that that's what it's become? And yet that is exactly what Jesus teaches against. 
And I've got to wonder, what does God think when we take this model prayer that Jesus gave his followers and we turn it into the very thing that Jesus taught against? I want to do a little social experiment this morning. Um, uh, this side of the audience. I want you to, to say some words here in just a moment, and you guys are going to say some other words, okay? Um, do we have the words babble, babble, babble up there, right? All right, so this side of the audience, I just want you to say over and over and over, babble, 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 babble. All right, go. Keep going. Okay, while they're still doing that, I want you guys to now say these words. Next slide, please. Go ahead. Is it possible that that's all that God hears when millions of people throughout our world say these deeply profound, significant words? So maybe, I don't know, call me crazy, maybe there's something a little more significant to the Lord's Prayer than just a recited words that we all memorize and we all know. So what is the meaning of the Lord's Prayer? In your scriptures, Matthew 6, verse 9, says, This then is how you should pray. See, first of all, we start by showing respect for God. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your name be lifted high, God, in my life and in the world. May, may you, although we are in a personal relationship with you, Father, you are still distant. You're in heaven. Father, we are finite and temporal beings, and you are infinite and eternal. We are natural, and you are supernatural. Father, we, we call you Father, and, and we know that, but there's still something unique about you, God. May you be glorified. May you be praised. May you be recognized as, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. May you be recognized as the creator of the universe, God. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your name be exalted in this world and in my life. We start out by showing respect for God. Secondly, we desire God's will. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, may, may up there come down here. May your will, which is done in heaven, uh, Father, be, be done down here. May people show love and grace and compassion and mercy and forgiveness. May we live out what it means to be Christ followers every day in our lives. Father, let us start with me. God, would you change my heart? Would you let, let your will be my will? Father, would you, would you allow that to happen? And, and would we begin to see that happen more and more in the world around us, God? That's what we want. We want to see your kingdom come here on earth. We want to see the, the poor fed and the naked clothed. And, and Father, we want to see the homeless have shelter. And, and we want to meet the needs of the people around us. So that, Father, all may praise you. All may glorify you. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
You see, prayers have to begin with a focus upon God and His kingdom. Just a few words later in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says these words, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Seek first. Before you, before you ask for anything for yourself, before you, you seek anything else, seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness. And there's going to be times where God's kingdom and His righteousness contradicts what you want. And we have to learn to accept that. There's an early rabbinic saying that says, that prayer in which there is no mention made of the kingdom of heaven is not a prayer. It would be an interesting process to evaluate our prayers. To see how often we bring in the kingdom of heaven and God's will, or is it just what we want? You see, Jesus had to pray this one time. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before he was going to be arrested and betrayed, beaten and crucified, murdered. And he's praying passionately to God. And he says these words in Luke twenty-two forty-two. 42. He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. You see, praying for God's will instead of your own, instead of my own, will revolutionize our prayers. It'll challenge us. Because we, God wants us to come before Him and say what's on our heart and say, You know, God, I want you to save my grandmother from dying on her deathbed. But Lord, if that's not your will, then I accept that. Father, I, I, I don't want this cancer, but, but if, if that's your will and somehow you're going to be glorified through my suffering and through my example of faith in times of, of trouble and tribulation, then God, your will be done, not mine. Father, I don't want my child to die. And yet, my child is your child, God. And if there is some reason I couldn't understand why, God, I don't want it, but I put my child in your hands. And God, your will be done, not mine. I remember uh, in Chicago, I had a group of people that prayed for me on a weekly basis, and I would, I would send them out prayer requests. And uh, just it kind of struck me again that I was praying pretty selfish prayers. And um, I, I, I included in there one time, this is an email that went out, and Karen, my wife, got this email as well. Um, I said uh, something along the lines of, um, Father, I pray for safety as I travel this week to the conference. Um, but if by my death you can receive glory, um, so be it. And Karen wrote back, she goes, what? <laughs> what is that prayer? And we had a good conversation. I didn't include her and the kids in that prayer. Um, but I just said, God, if, you know, through me. But maybe we need to start declaring the honor and majesty of God. Asking for God's will to be done in our lives and in this world before we come before him with anything else, any other requests. But God does want to know those things. And God cares about those physical requests that we have. And so we we move on and we see in verse 11, uh, we see the physical and the spiritual requests that Jesus says to pray for. It says to, to go ahead and ask God. It's okay. It says, give us today our daily bread. And give us what we need to survive. And, and, and let, it, let it be just what we need today so that I don't, you know, become uh, so independent of you that I don't need you. And, and Lord, I'm going to pray this every day. Give me the bread that I need today. Give me the food that I need, the, the basic necessities of life today. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Father, help me in my relationship with other people. Help me to, to remember that you have forgiven me and you have, have come into my life and changed me. And that as a result, you ask me to forgive other people. 
And you ask me to treat other people differently because of how you have treated me. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Father, we know we're going to face times of trials and tribulations. Lord, we pray that you give us the strength to stand up in the face of those. Father, that, that, that we would have the will to follow your desires. We'll have the courage and the boldness and the strength to do what would honor and please you in the face of those trials and tribulations. Father, would you, would you bless me by answering that prayer? You see, the Lord's Prayer was never a prayer that we were meant to pray. Now, is that wrong? Is it wrong that earlier in the worship service, we put the words up on the screen, and in the midst of pouring our, our hearts out to God in worship, that we included praying those words? No. I don't think that's wrong at all. But I think oftentimes what the Lord's Prayer has become is wrong. It's become a, a meaningless prayer. And so what Jesus wanted to give his followers was a model of prayer. And he says, start out by showing respect for me. And then desire my will in your life. And then bring your requests, your physical and your spiritual requests before me. So I want to challenge you this morning to leave here praying like Jesus. Now the problem is we go out into what's called the real world. And we're going to be bombarded with everything that's going to draw our attention away from God. And so what you've got to do is you've got to figure out, how am I going to do this? How am I going to model prayer? How am I going to live out prayer in my life? And maybe you need to find that prayer clause. Maybe you need to get up earlier in the morning and spend time praying with God. Maybe you need to start the day preparing your heart. Maybe you need to pray in the evening and, and, and kind of looking back over the day and seeing where maybe you, you didn't follow God's call in your life. Recognize where you fell short and ask forgiveness for that. Maybe you need to, to start with a prayer journal. And start writing down your prayers. Um, it, it struck me Tuesday night. I was playing ball with the guys here, and a guy said he had a prayer request. And I pulled out my BlackBerry and I created a new memo folder on here, just called prayer requests. And, and you know, if I'm out with somebody, I don't have anywhere to write it down. I've always got my phone on me, so I'll put it in here and I'll remember to pray for that guy. Maybe, maybe it's a, a prayer partner that you need, somebody who's going to hold you accountable to to prayer and, and be willing to pray for you. Maybe it's in your small groups as you make sure that prayer is a, a central focus in your groups. But we need to embrace prayer. If we're going to move forward as a church with the next steps that God is calling us to, it starts on our knees, individually, as a group, and as a church. We need to be praying. So this morning, that's the challenge I put out before you. As the band comes out right now, I'm going to just lead us in a prayer time. And it's going to follow that model of the Lord's Prayer, but it's not going to be the Lord's Prayer. So would you pray with me? Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakscc.org.